This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Yes, a very special edition. We're uh, super spreading Bitcoin 2022. We're combining it all into one show. Today is October the 6th, 2021. Strong hand, long-term thinking. One day closer to an all-time high. Pound that like button, this shirt says. That's that's the B for, for Bitcoin, okay? We, uh, I am offended by selling. Don't FOMO on alts. Defiance over compliance. Oh, man, am I pumped. I am pumped to bring it back this week in Bitcoin, thanks to Bitcoin Magazine. And we're going to super spread the Bitcoin 2022 conference on this today. But I mean, literally, we do have the best guest in the space here today. Anders is back. Dennis is back for his second time. And Bran is back. Now, I, I want to I especially thank, I mean, well, Bran, I'm like, dude, you want to be on the show tomorrow? He's like, yes, I want to be on the show tomorrow. And because he just was able to do that like that, I was like, why not just make it a This Week in Bitcoin show? So I asked my reliable dudes, these dudes, I mean, they uh, best, seriously, they're the best. And I was like, of course, Dennis, two hours ago, I needed a freaking third guest. He's like, yes. So conscientiousness, these guys are all conscientious guys. That will bring you success in so much of your lives, people. You don't have to be a freaking genius to be successful. In fact, I know plenty of geniuses that are complete failures. Conscientiousness. So I want to just give a thanks to, from the bottom of my heart to all three of these guys for just, I love when guys, when I say, come on the show, they come on the show. Instead, there's some dudes out there, I'll never reveal who they are, they flake out the last minute. It's really annoying. All right, dude, so let's start it off. It's obviously, we're really happy uh, that Bitcoin, it's October. And we've been, I've been pumping uh, this month for 46 months, in fact, because of the uh, 210,000 210, block theory. We're 210,000 blocks from December of 2017, which was when we reached another all-time high. And so I mean, are we going to reach an all another all-time high this month? Stay tuned, people. I'm not revealing it yet because I want to I want to start talking about the Bitcoin 2022 conference because I love Bitcoin magazine. And I also, again, I want to remind everybody to retweet this and that that now I do shows because of Bitcoin Magazine, but I also will do another show when we raise $100. We only need $79 more. I'm going to thank the other guys who have sent money today. Um, I also have a lightning address now that's linked to below. We'll get into that later. So uh, I before the show, we were talking, uh, Bran, and then I didn't see you at the Bitcoin conference in 2021. Even though you were there, there were 10,000 people there. I didn't see you. You were working your butt off. There are going to be 30,000 people there, maybe more. April 6th to 9th, use Adam10, uh, the code below. Click on the link below to buy your tickets. But what do you want to say about it, man? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first off, you know, uh, it's my big regret of 2021 that uh, at the conference I was trapped behind the main stage. Uh, I was the speaker guy. So all the, the content and everything uh, was locked inside my brain. And so because of that, I really wasn't allowed to leave the, the backstage. Uh, couldn't see everyone. Couldn't go outside. It was really cold where I was. Uh, and so, you know, really missed that. I'm excited this, this next year we actually are bringing in uh, P from the, the Bitcoin Magazine team. 
he's going to take over that role of, of kind of the speaker coordination and agenda crafting. Uh, so that'll free me up. So I'll be able to see everyone uh, for 2022. And I expect to see everyone there. Uh, the conference is going to be amazing. I mean, we are really, uh, we're pulling out all the stops in terms of, you know, uh, even for 2021, we were, we were budget limited. There were a lot of things we wanted to do that we couldn't do because we just, you know, we didn't have the money. We didn't have the resources. Thanks to the successful conference. Now we can, we can just blow out this conference and make it just the most incredible event for Bitcoiners that, uh, has ever happened. And uh, uh, as always, you know, it, it's Bitcoin only. It's for Bitcoin, about Bitcoin, by Bitcoiners. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just going to be the, the moment in time where everyone can come together and, and talk about the technology, learn about the industry, uh, uh, orange pill some noobs and, and yeah, just just celebrate, celebrate life. Now, I'm, I'm already prepared early. I already got my Airbnb down in Miami. OK, people. So you you got to start preparing now. Tickets are cheaper now. You use the discount code below. Adam ten. Click on the link, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there, it's it's four days instead of two days. Uh, anything you want to say that's going to be different on this board? I mean, there's going to be like a a day of networking, kind of. Oh, it's very interesting. This. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we took a lot of elements from last year and tried to figure out how to make them even better. Uh, and so you know, last year we had kind of the whale day, which was somewhat akin to an institutional day. We're blowing that out, like, and we're creating an entire industry day. So it's like, if you work in the Bitcoin industry at all, you want to work in the Bitcoin industry, you want to network, like that day is going to be specifically about some of those, like, you know, higher level, uh, um, or I guess lower level, more specific conversations around Bitcoin and how to work in the industry and what are the kind of the trends. Um, and then we're going to do the main conference again. Those are kind of the two days in the middle. Uh, and then we're going to end it with a music festival. And, uh, you know, we're, we're already talking to some really big names uh, to to bring them in. But, you know, our, our vision here is that Bitcoin is a movement. And if, if Bitcoin is a movement, then you need kind of the cultural and uh, uh, artistic aspects kind of folded in with it. And, you know, we had a lot of that at the conference last year. And so we said, how can we blow that up? Let's dedicate a whole day to it. So we're going to have music and food and art and all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's going to be just incredible. We're calling it Sound Money Fest. If you have a ticket to the conference, you automatically have a ticket to the Sound Money Fest as well. All right, dude. So Miami, we're going to super spread it. The media is going to make lies about it. We're super spreading something else like they did last time. I mean, I mean, Anders was there. You can attest to the fact that we were just super spreading partying. Anders, you were partying like a freaking rock star, dude. I mean, <laughs> in the tent. I mean, you were showing how, how Europeans really do it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're, that's you're right. right. Any thoughts? Will you be returning in 2022? <laughs> Absolutely. I got my uh, ticket for uh, April six to nine in uh, Miami Bitcoin Conference 2022. As soon as they got out, I think I paid. $199 now is $399. Guys, even if you're not sure if you're going, uh, just buy the ticket now because even if there's 50% chance, I'd rather pay $400 now than $2,000 uh, next year. And Adam has a, a, a promo code down below. I think, you what, what was it called? Adam10. Use yeah, it to save 10%. Yeah. Um, that weekend this year in, in June was, was one of the best weekends I ever had. Uh, amongst others, I finally got to meet, you know, Puppy that I do Toxic Happy Hour with in person. He's been um, a good friend of mine since the very bottom of the bear market uh, in 18, late 18, early 19. We've been on the phone on a regular basis. You know, fi finally we meet up. And that's what the whole weekend was like. Uh, you know, all these people, you know, from Bitcoin Twitter, 
uh, anons that you don't know, you know, even who they are um, and what they look like. You meet up and you have all these people on uh, with aligned values meeting up. And it, it really was uh, a, a value and love festival, uh, kind of like what Brand is saying here. And the fact that you guys are adding the, uh, the music festival as well, I, I can't wait. Uh, so I didn't get my um, I didn't get my uh, uh, accommodation yet, uh, uh, but I don't even know. I, I probably need to like allocate I don't know ten days, two weeks, or something. But I'm stoked! I can't wait to go. Puppy's gonna be there as well. I think all of you guys are gonna be there, and I really recommend it. If you're a Bitcoiner, if you believe in the values of Bitcoin, if you believe that we wanna uh, change, you know, remove evil central banking, if you want better for humanity. You come to Bitcoin 2022, you are meeting with people in this, you know, in the same front line as you in this uh, trench war against uh, the evil central establishment. And, and, and you know, today we're just fighting different places in, the, in, in that trench war. But coming to Bitcoin 2022 in Miami, you actually get to meet up and uh, have a cup of coffee and, and whatnot um, <laughs> with your friends. Cup, cup of coffee you were that wasn't coffee you were drinking there Pound that like button, baby oh man i saw you drinking something harder than coffee there but uh we'll, we'll, we'll yes. keep going. so and did you meet speaking about anons there um i was i met gigi there yes information there people i don't want to give too much away but i i embraced gigi did you did you see gigi uh, a a absolutely and it was like uh, for me and Poppy, uh, that was just like another highlight out of so many highlights that you're bound to have. Like I'm really selling this conference, but I'm doing that because it's true. It's really good. And uh, so uh, me and Poppy, uh, we were in the hotel lobby bar about half an hour after um, uh, he arrived uh, to, to Miami, uh, Poppy. And I tweeted out a picture, you know, where we're standing next to each other because finally I get to meet my very good friend. Uh, Gigi is at a hotel nearby, um, and this guy, has, he's been on our show several times, but we have no idea what he looks like because all we see is a green suit and sunglasses and, you know, sunshine background. So so after like an hour or two or something, and, and people were coming up, we're like a group of Bitcoiners sitting there, you know, some people come up and say, hey, thanks for what you're doing with Toxic Happy Hour, you know, we just love to meet, you know, people that we're like-minded with, um, and and... And, and then this guy comes up to Poppy and is like, hey, Poppy, uh, good to finally meet you. And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, likewise, you know. Uh, and by the way, remind me, please, who are you? And we're talking about Gigi, you know, a, a living legend in this space, an amazing content producer, such a compassionate and intelligent being. And, you know, he comes up to Poppy and, and he has no idea if this is a, a, a another fellow plebe with 50 followers or it was actually Gigi. So, yeah, Gigi came up. So we saw him there. Uh, he also came up to me and I'm like, yeah, uh, oh, you're Gigi. And um, and then we saw him, I think, every single following day. Um, uh, yeah, he's an amazing guy. Um, yeah, I, I was did not expect him to. He's bigger than I thought. I, I, I didn't. It was it was a shock. He just came up to me. He's like, I'm Gigi. I'm like, holy. So, guys, that's you never know who you're going to meet at these type of things. So it's uh you know, and, and we're, we're talking about it now and everything in advance, but again, prepare to be successful in life, be conscientious, prepare. Uh, and so you could, if you, if you don't want to hear about this uh, conference, then, uh, and you're watching this tape, just 
is fast forward through that part. You can always play this at 2x. I watch all the shows at 2x. Be efficient. All right, Dennis, we're going to – I don't know if you have anything to say about it. You know, you weren't there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't – you know, not everybody has to be darn there and everything. Like I wasn't there. I didn't – I wasn't I, – I think that's where we met, man. You're, now you're, you're throwing me some shade. So, now, sorry, uh, sorry, this so, last sorry. in Miami, 2021, man, that was my first conference. I had an incredible time. If you haven't been oh, to one of these things, like you, can't truly appreciate, you can't <laughs> truly appreciate uh, what goes on at these things. You get the first time in your life to meet other fellow Bitcoiners who are loving Bitcoin and spreading the word of Bitcoin and want to just talk about Bitcoin. You don't have to worry about talking about anything else other than Bitcoin. And a lot of times in our personal lives, we don't get that opportunity. That's why we spend so much time here. You know, me and guys like Adam, we go on these shows because we want to talk about Bitcoin nonstop. Uh, but you get the opportunity to do that in person. But yeah, definitely buy your ticket. Use Adam's code. Uh, and I'll, 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 I'll be going to 2022 and uh, I'll be uh, reprimanding Adam for forgetting that's how yeah, we met. Yeah, I, I messed up. <laughs> I had the line. I, I had the hot old tarantula line for you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. We met in the media, we met in the media lounge. Yeah, we met yeah, in the exactly. media lounge, right. Yeah, we, it was... We were in the... I remember... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, and then the next week, you, you got to come on the show. I yeah, immediately. I got you confused. <laughs> I think you were the first show I ever went on actually yeah. last time. So it was, I had a really great time and I loved to, happy to be back on. You put on a great show and uh, excited to go to 2022 and see you again. You guys can see how my, my, my brains, uh, how I had things set up. It's um, funny, I, it's I, funny, Adam, how you said that I was the one drinking at the conference. Just kind no, of I makes you think. <laughs> I remember, that, of course, I remember Dennis. I mean, that, you were dressed well, Dennis. I remember. Of course, that. always dressed well. You were dressed well. We're in the we're in the main hall, and, and you introduce yourself, and I'm like, I got to get you on the show. Uh, but for some reason, I just got confused with Hoddle Tarantula, who was going to be on the show today. He didn't flake out either. He was my backup guy. And so Hoddle Tarantula was not at the at the event. So I just mixed up a couple things. Hoddle Tarantula. That's okay. Ball. You could give me the extra super discount price for my ticket for uh, for forgetting. That's all right. <laughs> exactly. He should be rewarded for me. Give me a hookup. Give me the hookup. My brain totally messing up. I, I don't know what. And, and also, I'm like, I'm just thinking Dennis is West Coast. So, I mean, it's so hard for Dennis to get there. I just, all this weird stuff in my head. Yet, I'm West I, Coast, baby. Yet, yet yeah. I know, and Andrews is West Coast, and I appreciate them being up this morning. Yeah, I mean, this is the way Dennis and I met. We met in the freaking, you meet so many people. Well, you do. If you're recognizable like me, yes. if, you, if you just, I just stood in the hall and I would just meet people. Oh, and as all three of these guys can attest, that, well, I, I am the same guy in person. It's, uh, it's even, hair, better. even better. Even better. Even better, Adam. Even better. I even noticed that. And let me give you a few testaments. Um, you, you came to my meetup in late 17, early 18 and, and did a presentation. I, I was a fan of yours uh, from your YouTube show. And I just want to also say from Poppy that you, you, and, and you helped so many people in that period to steer away from, from, uh, Dirt coins, can I call them that? Yeah, you call them uh, dirt coins. To, 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 to Bitcoin. And um, the, the way I saw, the f first time I saw you at the conference uh, was before we were about to start early morning. You were up front and, and you were throwing out so much positive energy. I didn't see anyone uh, like you were just like screaming and passionate. <laughs> Like five minutes before Maya Suarez, uh, what, what's no, going no, on? Before Ron Paul. It was before Ron Paul. Oh, Ron Paul. Yeah. Dude. That was a great. That was a great uh, speak, by the way. It was. It was an honor and a, a pleasure to see Ron Paul speak. All right, I'm. I'll sip myself. It's it, it, it's very funny. Um, 
you're absolutely right. You know, we, we all got into the huge conference room, which will even be bigger this year. And people were like kind of calm. And the sh- it's, it's about to start in about 20 minutes. I'm there with my buddy, Shane. Shout out to Shane. And um, I, I, it's so calm. I just stand up. And literally, as you describe it, I started just screaming in the, in the conference room. I started trying to do a live TikTok, but it wouldn't connect, which is really unfortunate because it's lost the time. Um, my, my energy. I mean, I, I wish I had it to tape. And, pe- and then people were like, yeah, and you came up to me. It was, it was awesome. It's so, right. All right. right. I'll get uh, so guys come to the conference. Uh, I won't forget you. I've got a very good memory. For some reason I got Dennis. What <laughs> <laughs> I just did with my brain with Hoddle Tarantula and Dennis and West coast. I mean, the heck, the only reason Dennis is on this freaking show is because I met him. <laughs> I mean, and he's awesome, but he's, he's awesome. I met him. So Dennis, we're going to start with you, baby. We're going to start with you with, with the topics because I, uh, I got all confused <laughs> about where I met you. And so, um, here, here's a tweet from Vinny Lingham. The next time Bitcoin goes over 50,000, it's not going back below. He tweeted that out in early September. So the other day we just went back over 50,000. It, I mean, when October started, it's like, it's so, it was, it was per, so predictable for me. Again, guys, we're just one day closer to an all-time high. We always return to the all-time high. So Dennis, uh, do you think we're ever, um, we're ever going to go below 50K? And to, is this month going to bring us the all-time high? As it is, I mean, it's, it's 210,000 blocks since uh, December of 2017. So I, I think, I, I think it will. I'm, I'm, spoiler alert, I think we're going to hit the all-time high. <laughs> Q4, baby. Let's go. Q4, man. This is where the show starts every single time in the bull run. We all know the moment, the day it clocked over to Q4, the price started to move up. I don't know why, but this is just the magic of Bitcoin. Uh, it, whether or not it will go below 50K, uh, hard to say. Nobody knows, but I hope so, right? Because I, I want cheap sats. I want cheap Bitcoin. I don't really care if the price goes below a certain number because I'll just buy more, right? And then the price always goes back to an all-time high, like you said. So uh, I don't think it really matters whether the price goes above or below a certain number. We all know in the long run, it's going up. Short-term uh, corrections, dips, bear markets, just more time to buy more Bitcoin. Couldn't be happier to have price go down below 50K again. But is this the month of the all-time high? Are we going to, is, what was the previous all-time high? 63? I don't even know. 64, I think was the all-time high. And I think that it's a real opportunity to go above it. Right now in this month, we got a whole month in front of us and the price is just screaming upwards. All of the uh, doubters and the dis- people in disbelief, all the bears out there screaming about dead cat bounces are absolutely horrified to see the price continue to move upward from here. And I would uh, I would be I would be. Uh, remiss to say that I'm glad I'm not a bear. I'm glad I'm not short. In fact, we were talking to a guy last night in spaces. He was screaming and yelling about how he's short Bitcoin at $50,000. Well, somebody is uh, definitely getting liquidated today. Do not short this asset. It will wreck you. I I think we could go all-time high. Once we break all-time high, I think we'll stay there probably momentarily. That tends to happen. We kind of go up and then we settle down. We simmer for a little bit and then we take off again. Second leg is intact. Uh, I think we're going up to probably, I would say, if we break all-time high this month, mid-month, I could see something like 100K, 150, maybe 250 by the end of the year. But, uh, you know, again, nobody really knows where we're going. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, stay here as long as we can before we go up, man, because I just want those cheap sats. I don't like when the price goes up. Everybody wants the price to go up. I mean, that's that's the new people. I get it. They want the price to go up because they need that confirmation like, oh, yeah, my 
my investment was good and my girlfriend and my wife aren't, or my husband isn't yelling at me and telling me I'm a fool, right? Because they're, they're staring at their negative Bitcoin and going, oh my God, maybe I made a terrible decision. But uh, yeah, I get it. Be patient. It'll come. Buy the cheap sats. Eventually you'll see your all-time high. Dude, everybody do what the shirt says. If you're uh, listening to this on the podcast version, pound that like button, of course. Uh, I'm glad you said, you said, I'm glad I'm not a bear. I'm glad I'm not a bear. When, when, when one is standing in front of the eagle in Los Angeles or Baltimore or Seattle, one should be glad not to be a bear. Anyone catch the reference I'm doing there? Oh, man, that's some uh, hardcore stuff right there for those dudes with. Well, anyway, so let's get uh, <laughs> let, let's 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 get to remind everyone that 19 Bitcoin make you a millionaire right this second. If you have 19 freaking Bitcoin and you're a fiat freak, you're a millionaire anyway. So let's uh, and I want to thank the dudes who made uh, the previous show possible or one of the previous shows possible who made it possible that our next show, we only need to raise for the next one Bitcoin show. That's the regular show on this channel. We only need 79 more dollars. So people ask questions, do the super chat. We're going to raise that money. And I want to thank the dudes who did left one, two, three, no scope, Gregor, Johnny minus Ken Bozak. Oh, the NFT. We're going to talk about NFTs. Taval Dacres. We only need 79 more bucks. Uh, is this an all-time high month, uh, Bram? Is this an all-time high month? Yeah. Uh, the short of it is I think that we're probably going to hit all-time highs uh, either in like one giant candle, which could be, you know, as soon as tomorrow, to be honest, or we'll probably trend our way there for like the rest of this month. And I really see like, you know, October. I love that meme. Uh, uh, I think, you know, the memes have their own kind of weight in this space. And, and I think the October meme is great. So we'll just trend up this whole month. And then I think October, no, or uh, sorry, November, December are going to be some real rocket fuel. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm even taking a step back though. And it's like, how can you be a bear at this point? You know, in the past year, Bitcoin has churned out one block every 10 minutes uh uh has awarded miners you know 6.25 bitcoins every block and uh uh has been banned by china and didn't stop you know and then you have the other system where uh we're talking about printing a trillion dollar coin uh just so our government doesn't stop working and it's like i mean what system do you want to be a part of at this point it's i don't i don't understand how there's even competition uh and so you know like we're getting bigger every day more and more people are coming to understand, you know, the scam of the fiat system, uh, how it is built to take wealth from some people and redistribute it to others. And they're like, no, I just want I just want a monetary system that is unalterable, immutable and and just reflects the actual value I see in the world. So, no, it's just like I couldn't be more bullish right now. Uh, the price right now really doesn't even matter because. Like it, it's, it's becoming more and more obvious to the world that Bitcoin is inevitable. And that's, that's what gets me excited. You, you make an interesting point. You said, where, where would anyone want to be when they're going to make a trillion dollar coin possible? Guys, uh, Brand, I got to tell you, it's called happyflation. The media is saying the inflation is good. I have been predicting this for a while that we were going to have something called happyflation where it, what was once looked as, as bad, inflation, is you should be happy about it. And guess what? That is what the media is portraying. And that is what the 80 percenters are eating up. And yes, smart people, 20 percenters, where else would you rather be? 
Happyflation is a joke, but it's real. But people are buying into it. Uh, and and we've got articles. I mean, here, here's let me read you a title of an article that just shows. I mean, everybody needs people out there. The 80 percenters need things spoon freaking fed to them at, at these days. All right. Um, because thriving is an act of defiance, by the way, people. I just that that's a that's a quote from the the great uh Alice Lacrosse. But I want to read you this uh this other thing, uh this this title. Uh where is this title here that I cannot uh, well Adam, Bitcoin. at least you should be happy that you're uh you're getting a pay raise, right? So that's yeah. you know that's why inflation is great. Bitcoin has been around for uh, uh wait, hang on. How the Bitcoin boom could be leaving behind poorer and older people. So the me- that, that's a headline from the media, how the Bitcoin boom could be leaving behind poorer and older people. I mean, come on, dudes. I, I mean, you're the same media that's cheering on inflation and happy. You're making the poorer and older and older, uh, well, poorer at least, and leaving them. You're telling them that inflation is good. You're putting them in a position to be left behind. Dudes, don't let your information be spoon-fed. You, you, you got to be in motion, all right? But I, I just got to say, most most people, if they use their heads, logically, they could say, where else would I would Do I want to be in the place where they have a trillion-dollar coin? Or do I want to be in this Bitcoin? But most people are like, well, the media says inflation is good, so I'm going to strip, stick with the, the, uh, with the uh, trillion-dollar coin. I mean, it would have been a joke 10 years ago to talk about a trillion-dollar coin or to talk about, you know, are we going to have a $3.5 trillion bill or a one5 trillion? trillion dollar bill and uh are we going to shut down the country for this long but i mean we're living through it it's 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 unbelievable uh, anders your thought is this the all-time high month yeah i'm I, i'm pretty sure it, it is but i always tell people look short term anything can happen you know small little events uh black swan whatever uh you know so you can't predict in my opinion really the price short term and i don't care about it i think you know, uh, it, it's about the medium term and the long term, really. That, that's the only thing you can kind of plan for. Uh, but I, th- I th- if I should guess, I would say, yeah, we're going to get we're going to get to the all time high. And I just want to say so plan B is obviously known for his stock to flow model. But I don't know if, if people are starting to notice that just a couple of months ago, he started also sharing price prediction based on his on chain analysis because he started doing on chain as well. And on-chain, by the way, is uh, it's basically looking at, at the blockchain and see like who's buying, who's selling, what are these entities, how much is on exchanges. It's the first time ever we had an asset where you have this level of information in terms of who's buying, who's selling, and where is it currently. And so it's actually really, really um, useful. Uh, guys out there like Willy Woo will implement it uh, using uh, data from Glassnode uh, to do this. So... Uh, and of course, I sidetracked myself there a little bit. No, I didn't. Plan B. So a couple of months ago, uh, he started coming out with uh, minimum closing prices of the months. He, the first two, as I recall, was uh, August and then September. And he's also done for the rest of the year. And they have been extremely shockingly um, uh, predictive and, and correct. And, and what I really like about it is um, back in August, where he nailed it in terms of where at minimum would close, he still sh- said, based on, on his on-chain analysis, that in September actually it would be lower. It would be, you know, minimum 43, and it closed at 43, 175 or something like that. And so I started paying attention to that. And he's saying, I think, uh, 63 as minimum for this month. 
And if that's the minimum, I'm pretty sure we can also uh, scoop past the, the, the 64 something and change. So uh, what is also worth noting is that number uh, for November, I think is 90 something thousand dollars minimum closure. And for December, his minimum uh, closing price, I believe, was $135,000, which is, you know, uh, almost 3x from here. So based on that, again, short term, we don't know. We don't know this month. But I would say it's looking highly likely that we're going to hit all-time high, if not here, then the first week of uh, November. And, and, and uh, Q4, as uh, Dennis was saying, is, is going to absolutely uh, rip faces off. This is, this is the time. Q4, one and a half years after the halving, is the time of face napalm uh, in the Bitcoin price action. Ooh, napalm reference there. Pound that like button, people. Retweet this there. Bitcoin Magazine loves when this gets retweeted. If you, you don't have to send money, people. You can just retweet this. All right? That's the best thing. That's great to do. Um, TechBalt on Twitter. I'm tweeting every day. T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. All these guys are linked to below. So follow all these guys right this freaking second. People are telling me that Dennis gets loud. He gets loud. He does get loud. I get loud also. We're both getting loud. Hoddle Tarantula is, uh, or not my Tarantula, whatever he wants to call himself. He just sent a dollar. By the way, thank you very much. He says uh, a trillion dollar coin better be minted with a clown face on it, or I'm going to be uh, disappointed. Yeah, of course they're going to put a clown on it. They're going to they're going to put Kamala on it. Of course, Kamala's face, the clown is going to, yeah. Oh, oh, all right. So let's, uh, Adam, I got a comment on the loudness because my, my, even my, uh, girlfriend came in the room and was like, you're fucking screaming. Excuse my language, but she's like, you're in here yelling at people. Like you need to calm down. I'm like, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't not with Adam. He's yelling. I'm yelling. Anders is here. Bran is here. The price is up. I'm feeling extremely bullish. Couldn't possibly be more bullish, especially as Adam is climbing on the table. You, you can't cannot, see you it. You cannot be calm here. This is, this is, what we got to do when you got to, we're working out, we're doing everything here, all right? In Salt Lake City, I'm going to go outside. It's beautiful in Salt Lake City. It is such a nice, dude, all you people stuck in Baltimore, you people that treat yourself like trees, you think you're so high and mighty on the freaking East Coast, in that freaking ghetto that I grew up in, not that I grew up in the ghetto, I grew up in a beautiful suburb outside. Thank you, my glorious father and blessed memory and my mother. But uh, to, 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 I mean, this there's so much opportunity. So I, all the East Coast people, I just want to point something out to you, East Coast. I mean, you are living in this bubble where like the world is ending and like you're living in this apocalypse. You freaking losers! If you if you think this is never quote unquote never gonna end, ne there's so many people they don't have an out of this situation. They're just addicted to see it and they're oh well the numbers are going up here the numbers are going up there why don't you get your toughness out of the freaking east coast go to a place where the numbers are supposedly going up like miami or whatever salt lake city and see that people have been living a freaking normal life for like a long freaking time just wanted to put that put that, I, I don't know uh, talk, I was, I, my people from baltimore I, you know i love you i love my family my friends but my lord are these people stuck in a doom hole and i I, I want to um, also, speaking of uh, just, you know, being in motion and, you know, compete, don't complain. We get, again, we mentioned that uh, headline before about how poor people and old people aren't going to get into Bitcoin. And the great Dennis, who actually is in New York and who travels, who, who isn't a downer, he's like, Bitcoin has been around for 12 years. How much more time do they need? And this is a great question now, okay? And someone in the thread said, maybe people are struggling to make sense of Bitcoin 
because of bad reporting. And I think that's that, that's a we just guys use your freaking heads out there. Now the people watching this show they're using their heads, obviously, but there are so many people addicted to the mainstream media, and they just they don't they're not getting the Bitcoin because they're scared of it. They're they're not they're not being in motion because they're scared. I mean, it is like fear is the freaking default of society. Is is what I've learned here, and just being in motion is. An accomplishment. Collectivism is the default. Individualism is the accomplishment. I just wonder. I just want to re- remind everyone of that today, and on this day in Salt Lake City, and just like that, I'm going to be in Dallas soon. I haven't been in Texas yet during this situation, but I heard that Texas is great. Also, you don't you don't have to live a conventional lifestyle. Fitting in is a freaking overrated. Bitcoin is the anti-conventional lifestyle at, at, at the at the minimum. That's I mean, you could still live in New York or Baltimore or, Phil- or, or wherever stuck in this freaking doom hole and, and just, you know, buy Bitcoin. That, that's your little thing. And you're, you're doing your part there. OK, at least in your mind. You're getting, but most people, they're not getting out. of it. So little rant right there. You never know what you're, you're going to get uh, on this show. I don't know. Does anyone have anything to say about that? And we want to talk about happyflation or the price or, or what I just said before we move on here. Yeah, I'd love to jump in. And, you know, uh, uh, I can't believe that we've gotten to a point where, uh, uh, you know, we can talk about inflation as if it's like some, you know, good thing, especially like higher than normal inflation and and talk about it's a good thing. Inflation is the single most regressive tax that we can possibly come up with. I mean, it it literally it, it aims at the poor. It aims at the old. It aims at people who are reliant on, you know, steady streams of income that aren't going to budge in a, in a, in a pickle. And uh, it increases the cost of living across the board. I mean, you cannot make it more difficult on a poor person than to cause rampant inflation in the system. I, I just I can't imagine uh, that we're trying to frame this as a good thing. Um, Bitcoin does not leave poor people behind. Bitcoin is the way out. Like there is no other alternative. Uh, Bitcoin Tina. It's 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 true. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I wish that more people would would ask the questions of like, you know, why can we just print a trillion dollar coin and pretend like all our problems are going away? How is it that we've, you know, three X the money supply in the past year and a half and, you know, uh, uh, don't think that there's going to be major ramifications? All of these, you know, things that we've done, if you're, you know, passively just watching it happen and assuming that everything's going to work out well uh, for you because, you know, uh, your your mainstream media source has told you not to worry. Like you're going to get crushed by this, and and you know the only people who aren't going to get crushed by this are going to be the big banks, the folks who are in charge, the folks who can you know directly influence the system in order to uh, uh, improve their outcomes, and everyone else is just going to get absolutely left behind. That's that's what Bitcoin's for. All right, guys, do not don't get left. I mean, most of you haven't been left behind. I mean, if people have been listening to me, you you you're a millionaire because you only need 19 freaking Bitcoin to be a millionaire. I was telling people to buy 22 Bitcoin back in uh, 2014. It's a link to below. It's my main tweet that's pinned up there. Hey, I want to. Uh, I want. If you're not standing on the table, you're bearish as f. Says Kyle. I gotta agree. On a past show, someone came on here and said. Sell your freaking chairs, sell your freaking tables to get Bitcoin. That that was good advice. Uh, uh, the great uh, Bit Piggies Jim sent four ninety nine. Thank you very much for the support. And of course, uh, the great uh, he, he calls himself a Travis Tyest. 
sent 10 bucks. Thank you, Travis Tyus. I don't, are you someone else too, Travis? It, it looks like you're somebody, but whatever, dude, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to, to raising the, uh, uh, the, the money necessary for another one Bitcoin show. And I, I do want to say, uh, Anders, do you have any, Anders, you always love talking about hyperinflation, hyper Bitcoinization. I know that that's your wheelhouse. And by the way, thank you for talking about plan B. Uh, I mean, he can, he gets really in depth. It's a, a lot of good statistical information. I, I mean, I, I don't religiously believe in, you know, in, in the chart, but it, it does make you think. But uh, any inflationary thoughts uh, from you, Anders, since since that's your wheelhouse thing? Yeah. uh, Someone, I I can't remember if it was Max Kaiser or someone else who said that uh, Bitcoin has no top because fiat has no bottom. So really, you know, hitting 55,000 this morning, I know right now we are maybe a little bit below. It it, it was inevitable. It was just a matter of time. Just like it's, it's inevitable that we'll hit half a million and five million and 50 million, it, it, you know, it, it's not financial advice, but given that Bitcoin already has won in terms of the best money humanity has ever seen. And by the way, if you look at those properties, you will understand why Bitcoin can't be beaten by um, a new money because uh, it has like basically infinite maximum value on some of those, for instance, like portability, uh divisibility portable yeah i said portability already uh what is portability divisibility durability you know so um since bitcoin given it's already won and because money printing is rampant and because it's human nature to want to eventually realize that there's a new money that is better money and people will flock to that bitcoin is sucking in all of that value and and that's why you know 50 million is as inevitable as 55 was uh this morning it's just a matter of time and uh, yeah i don't i don't think it's gonna take that long honestly um you know i i think it's game over within 10 years because uh, i mean if you look at what's happening right now in, in in the in the bitcoin market i mean first of all miners are actually accumulating now they have the same oh well they have access to that very very cheap capital that um the government and the federal reserve is just pumping out so so they don't have to sell their corn anymore um so they're actually uh just keeping all the bitcoin so there's no like new inflation supply coming in there um at at the same time you know i heard yesterday on yahoo finance that um someone saying yeah yeah we're kind of realizing now that inflation is high and it's not going lower i mean in this environment i mean um the rocket is really fueled and this is q4 october totally agree dennis uh it's just a matter of time you know uh we'll watch the journey and see how fast it takes for the rest of the world to realize i, I think right now the four of us and other bitcoiners people in the chat shout out um we must be feeling the same way that people did when the when the automobile had been around for 10 years and pe- still majority of, of the population was saying, yeah, no, the horse bucket will always be around because it's, you know, that's what people are using now. You know, I think we feel the same way. Like we understand that now is the cars here and eventually it's, you know, it's going to take over. All right. I want to, I, I, I want to move on from this because God, man, we, we, this time flies. It's uh, we've been on them for 38 minutes here. Remember, if you don't like the subject, people always you get two exit and fast forward. If you're watching this tape, retweet it. Uh, I want to go to, to to brand real quick, something we were talking about before the show. If you're on uh, Twitter and it, it's good to not waste your time on Twitter just to read, don't get into vicious arguments. But Udi, 
Udi in Israel, in Tel Aviv, who I would hang out with if, you know, if it wasn't a pain in the tuchlis to get to Israel and they didn't have any of these ridiculous requirements. I mean, the Bitcoin embassy in, in Tel Aviv, oh, such great memories there of, of hanging with the Hello, everyone there. Um, but Udi is talking about, you know, he's the biggest Bitcoin um, dude out there and he's not a fan of Ethereum, but he sees that this NFT thing, this Ethereum thing is bringing all sorts of newbies to the space. And he has brought up that perhaps, uh, you know, people need to stop screaming about this being a, a scam, that being a scam, calling everything a scam, not being as toxic. And I tend to, I, I mean, as most people know, I, I don't call anything a scam. I mean, I, I don't call any altcoin a scam. I don't call, I would never, I would never call Ethereum a scam. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm not part of the Bitcoin Inquisition or anything like that. And it, it, it's people were really, I mean, people were getting on uh, Udi that he got the Bitcoin Inquisition on him uh, because he he dared say that maybe, you know, in the world, the realm of social media, people should, you know, we've got all these. You cannot deny that so many mainstream newbies, they see some rapper talk about an NFT and all of a sudden they own cryptocurrency. Uh, and so, you know, how are you going to handle that? Are you, are you going to say, oh, you bought a scam? Is that going to get them to get Bitcoin? Or, you know, just being a little bit uh, calmer. So, uh, Dennis, uh, not Dennis, uh, Brand, we'll get to Dennis on this. Brand, your thoughts on this? Yeah. Uh, can everyone still hear me? Yeah. Can you guys still yes. hear me? Okay, cool. Yeah, for some reason, my, my sound cut out there for a second because I'm the, the classic technical difficulty guy. But, uh, yeah, you know, so uh, I work at Bitcoin Magazine, and I think what's really cool about working here is you kind of have people who run the gambit in terms of Bitcoin maximalism uh, in the company. And, you know, I fall at a different kind of uh, side of this than, than a lot of people uh, who work there. So, you know, don't take my words to be, you know, reflective of everyone, right? But the way that I see it is like, you know, uh, Bitcoin is the the most interesting, the, the only thing really that that I worry about kind of putting my money in, right? Uh, because Bitcoin is the future, you know, currency of the world, right? Uh, I don't think that it is intuitive coming in from the outside of why Bitcoin is the only thing that matters and why everything else will ultimately just kind of be noise. Uh, and, and in my opinion, you know, everything else's value will be measured in Bitcoin. So, you know, again, there's no point in kind of trying to, to you know, long term invest in anything else. I think that the the disconnect here, though, is that, you know, that took time for me to, to learn the space, to look into what it is that make Bitcoin special. I mean, I've been working in this space since, since 2017, uh, early 2017. And, and, you know, when I came in, I was like, look at everything, all this new technology, all these new projects that are happening. Like, it's a, it's a whole new world. Uh, what is this blockchain thing? You know, what are these ICO things? Like, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's fascinating. And, and you know, the best way I learn about it is talking about it. And fortunately, I was in a company where I was able to kind of talk internally and, and you know, bounce ideas, have people correct me, have people teach me. Uh, uh, and ultimately, you know, getting kind of along my route, along my path on the, you know, the Bitcoin path uh, to, to hybrid Bitcoinization. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that same luxury and they come to Twitter. And uh, uh, in my opinion, you know, it's the, I know there's a classic Southern adage of, you know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Right. But it's, uh, you know, everyone will eventually get to Bitcoin and it's just a matter of like how cohesive we want to be and how, you know, easy 
we're going to make it for people to understand why Bitcoin is the only thing that, that matters. Uh, and, and, you know, I see the, the toxic maximalism and we have people at my company who are, you know, very much pride themselves kind of on being toxic maximalists. But I see them as, as almost an obstacle for a lot of folks really understanding Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not like Bitcoin's going to fail because of these guys. Uh, uh, but I think that, you know, there's just better ways to do it. So it's not like you can control them and, and make them stop and, you know, redirect their energies to something else. But, uh, uh, you know, that's just kind of my thought on it. So, you know, I appreciate the the questions Udi raises, uh, even though, you know, uh, uh, I don't agree with everything on Udi, but I agree with a lot of what he's saying. I, I do want to remind everyone of this. Mm. Um, the, the big institutions, they don't care what's going on on Twitter of us screaming at each other, okay, and calling things scams. They're just buying it up, okay? So this is, you know, we can be as, people can be as toxic as, as they want to on Twitter, and Bitcoin doesn't care. But when you drill down a little bit, it, we were, we're all individuals out there. We all get into Bitcoin for some reason, so... There might be some sort of equivalent to you out there who is on Twitter and who might just be disgusted and who got an NFT for some odd reason and just might be disgusted by what he sees about Bitcoin and, and be just like, I'm not, I'm not. And in the long run, that's going to kind of suck for them. Now, I, I think maybe the NFT will bring the dude some luck. Maybe the Ethereum will bring the dude some luck. But I mean, if they end up with like some third, six tier altcoin or whatever, it, it's kind of unfortunate. So I, I do want to just remind everyone, like, the rich are going to get richer. They, they don't care what Uri or what Adam has to say, okay, or what Twitter has to say. That It's just the regular out, the regular guy that could change their life. Um, toxicity could prevent some of them from uh, changing their lives. So, uh, Dennis, what's your take on this? Oof, oof, man. Uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're asking me, uh, well, I, I had a debate with Udi one-on-one -on -one over this exact topic and I, I, I'm pretty much on the opposite spectrum of this discussion. I don't describe myself as a toxic maximalist, uh, but I, uh, definitely am a Bitcoin only. And I think that there is a place for the toxic maximalism in a sense. I, yeah, again, I think that here's the, here, here's the problem. It's, it's really coming down to a conversation of definitions, right? Because no one likes, the word toxicity. And so they don't like that way. They, they don't like using that word to describe themselves. But ultimately what those people are trying to accomplish is to ensure that Bitcoin at the core is protected. The reason why the toxic maximalism came in was to protect Bitcoin in 2017 during the block size wars, right? And it was very necessary. So to say that, it, uh, you know, Bitcoin will uh, survive despite that. I think Bitcoin survived because of that, right? Because we def we defended an internal attack. Now, the conversation is like, well, do we still need it? Is it something that's necessary to continue with the adoption of Bitcoin? Uh, you know, I, I, it's hard to say for sure. I think generally speaking, if someone's new to the space and they want to learn and they're open, I'm more than happy to spend countless hours with that person describing um, Bitcoin and educating them about Bitcoin. I've done so in Twitter spaces and on Clubhouse. Literally have spent hours and hours and hours. I've had rooms dedicated to helping new people. But at the same time, if someone wants to attack Bitcoin, if someone wants to discredit Bitcoin, if someone wants to try to change Bitcoin, I'm going to get toxic. Like that's just the way it is, right? We need to be able to push back against people that 
are not in it for the right reasons and they want to make Bitcoin their own, you know, right? And that's why you have uh, uh, Craig Wright standing on a stage by himself uh, the other day, you know, right? Uh, talking to an empty audience because he tried to change Bitcoin and we got toxic. And that's kind of the end result of, of what happens. Now, is it necessary all the time? I don't know. Hard to say. But at the same time, like I've been on both sides of this. I used to think, let's get rid of the toxicity. Let's get rid of the maximalism. Let's get rid of this uh, this energy, right? Because it's bad for adoption. Well, but at the same at the same time, we have to realize we're, we're fighting two wars here, right? We're not just like trying to get people to adopt Bitcoin. We're also trying to make sure that Bitcoin doesn't get screwed over by people who have ill intent, right? So maximalism, toxicity, whatever word you want to use, Bitcoin only is what I like to call myself, is creating a moat around Bitcoin and it protects us from the outside but it also makes sure that we, you know, keep ourselves in line on the inside. So if someone has ill intent, if someone's a scammer, what they're going to get out real fast. They're going to go to another coin that's way easier to scam people, right? Because they allow that kind of stuff in the other projects because they're so nice to people, right? So I have a different perspective on it. I think that I understand why people don't like it. It is rough around the edges. It, it can go too far, just like the immune system, right? The immune system can overreact. But in my opinion, the immune system of Bitcoin is healthy and it will auto-correct in my opinion as time goes on. I don't think we need to take like a medicine, you know, chemotherapy to kill the toxicity that is inside Bitcoin, but that's just my perspective. And I think it's just an ongoing conversation, right? Yeah. It's, it's an ongoing conversation discussion in the Bitcoin community. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to change my mind if someone comes up with a better argument or opinion on this that shifts my, my opinion, but I used to be against it. Now I'm for it because I've experienced it. I've had it directed at me twice. Right. And, after going through it, I go, wow, I don't think I would be trying to still be in this community if I had ill intent or I was a scammer. I would leave. I'm like, this is way too much for me. Let me go scam some of these Ethereum people because they're happy to let me scam people over there. All right. Now, there, there's some nuance here. We're going to have to drill down a little bit, okay? Because obviously, if some guy is making insane claims, by the way, this is an avocado here. Eat <laughs> um, uh, if people are making insane claims like the, guy, the BSV guy that you mentioned, we're not even going to mention his name. Of course, you got to say this guy is a scammer. But I think, I think what's going on right now on the ground is this NFT thing is getting um, it's getting mainstreamed. Okay, it's not going anywhere. The NFTs are mostly on Ethereum. I think where we are, and Udi kind of touched on this. I, I don't read everything that he puts out there. I don't think it's a good time to call Ethereum a scam. I, I, Ethereum isn't a scam. I think that's that's the question. <laughs> is it a bad idea to call Ethereum a scam, Dennis? That, that's, that's uh, I think the problem with Ethereum is uh, that they s probably sat out with good intentions, maybe from the beginning. But ultimately, what they ended up doing is lying constantly. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's coming to the surface that they may have done, like bonus programs for people that are willing to buy. I mean, really, essentially, they're an illegal security to, to some extent, right? And so they 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 very much are formatted as a security. And if you don't like securities laws, right, that's fine. But also they they lie and stole from the miners. So they went from five ETH to four ETH to three ETH. Uh, they've been stealing from the miners nonstop. They eventually went to EIP 1559, where they continue to steal from the miners. Uh, and then now they're trying to transition from uh, their base layer. They're, they're having to rebuild the entire base layer of Ethereum, go from proof of work to proof of stake, which has basically never been done. Some coins have started proof of work. Some coins have started proof of stake. No one has ever transitioned and it's a very unsure time. And I don't think they're being completely honest about the difficulty of the situation that they're in. I think it's going to be a very tumultuous time if, when, if they ever even do it, because the thing is they have to do the difficulty bomb. And when they do the difficulty bomb, it's going to shut down the proof of work chain 
And when that happens, all the miners that they've been screwing over for the last, what, five years are going to say, you know what? Guess what? We're going to start reorging the chain and doing uh, time banded attacks against you because you guys have been screwing us over. So now we're going to screw you over because you're about to fire the security guards and we're going to take our cut on the way out. So <clears throat> in my opinion, very strongly, I've debated David Hoffman on this. I don't like Ethereum. I think that they, in a sense, are scamming. The scamming word is maybe strong to some people, but the scam is the lie. The scam is the marketing lie. But this is the, this is the thing. You just gave all this history and what might happen. It's, this is complicated stuff for newbies. Why should they even know about this? That shouldn't that shouldn't play a role in 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 anything that they do. To tell you the truth, I mean, it, it should just be what bit, the greatness of Bitcoin, not the history of Ethereum and what it might and might not do. And I think when we have all these Bitcoiners, I mean, all what you said was good information for someone of a a moderate to an expert level of knowledge. What you just said for beginners is going to turn people off of Bitcoin. Like what, what why do these people care about that? They, they minted a bunch of Ethereum. Why should I care about that? It's going I mean, up. I, I will mean, say, I will say one thing, Adam, like I get it. Like people don't like to, you know, get the tough words, but at the same time, like I've had countless people message me and say, I sold all my Ethereum and bought more Bitcoin. So, you know, I'm sure there's people on the other end who are like, screw this guy. I'm going to buy more Ethereum. But generally speaking, when people hear, some of the things that I have to say about Ethereum, because I've studied it extensively, uh, I, they, they, they hear what I say and they go, oh, you know what? This is uh, not what I thought it was. And the, I'm not being told the whole story over here. And so they end up deciding to sell their Ethereum and buy more Bitcoin. So in the long run, you know, more, I'm converting people to Bitcoin or, or hardening their belief in Bitcoin. Can, can I uh, jump in here? Oh, yeah. So sorry, Dennis. The, the, the brand's trying to get one here. Yeah. So, so Dennis, everything you said, I agree with, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that probably where, where we disagree is just in the definition of like what the toxicity actually is. Uh, uh, and I more see it in like the, the realm where Bitcoiners intersect with mainstream. Like at this point, you know, uh, uh, I agree like UASF is what protected Bitcoin. Uh, there was toxicity kind of imbued in that and Bitcoin like has this immune system. I would even argue that sometimes the immune system doesn't go far enough. I think like uh, uh, Bukele is probably a really good example of where the immune system has kind of maybe let in a uh, uh, a foreign body that doesn't quite uh, align with the values. And yet, like we kind of celebrate him. But, you know, that's beyond the point. Uh, my point is, is like I see this this kind of uh, cabal that will continue to kind of react to everything in that same toxic way as ultimately being an attack vector for people who aren't in the space to discredit the space. Uh, and that's, that's the only, that's like my biggest worry is like, I, I can see people who will say, look how toxic Bitcoin is. I'm never going to get into that because look how toxic it is. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the, the headlines will get written. The, uh, uh, the media will say the far right extremists or, you know, whatever they're going to say, right. To, to discredit Bitcoin. And uh, they're going to be able to just pick, you know, pick out whatever kind of tweet that they want uh, in order to kind of prove their point. And that's that's the thing that I'm worried about or not even worried about, but just uh, I, I struggle with and, and I struggle with people, you know, in my office who, who do it. Right. Uh, so it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm just out there screaming into the void. But, you know, ultimately, I, I do agree that it's had its uh, uh, usefulness in the past. And uh, uh, I do agree that, like, you know. Things like Ethereum will never work in the long run. And, and you know, it's important to kind of work out and, and lay out for people what the fundamental flaws are. I mean, I've I've talked to folks in ETH uh, 
who know the guy that's in charge of doing the merge, the guy who's actually in charge of pressing the button to, you know, uh, merge to ETH 2.0. And he's been working on that for like four years and hasn't figured out how to do it technically. Like he just mm -hmm. doesn't even know how to do it. Uh, and that's like, you know, just something that's hanging out there in the ether uh, of, of why this, this 2.0 is never going to happen. So, no, I mean, I, I totally do agree with you, but uh, uh, I just wish that it could happen in a way that's a little bit more friendly, but you know, that's yeah. naive. Well, and I'll say a quick comment just cause I, we could, I'm sure Adam probably wants to keep the show moving along, but yeah, I, I, you know, that was my initial feeling too, was like, I don't like it because it keeps people from being open and wanting to learn about Bitcoin, but it's comes down to, you know, can we actually control what our enemies or whatever you want to call them, or maybe our opponents, our comp competition is going to say about Bitcoin. We can't control them. So if we can't control what they're going to say, we should also shouldn't let them control how we behave. They're using this label of toxic maximalism as a way to get us to stop, to shut up, to be quiet. Ultimately, I like agree with Tomer Strawlight's article when he talks about Bitcoiners that we're not necessarily toxic, that we have integrity and that they don't like that. They don't like when we call them out. And so they're going to call us toxic. They're going to call us uh, rude and that we, that we're, we're closed minded, but ultimately Bitcoiners are some of the most open-minded, caring people that I've ever met in my life. And I think that the problem is, is that we don't like the way that they're labeling us. And so that's why I think a lot of Bitcoiners have turned around and been like, yeah, fine, I'm toxic. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. Uh, ultimately, I think that what it comes down to though, is that you kind of have these different factions in Bitcoin. People are toxic. People are anti-toxic. In the end, we're all on the same team. We're Bitcoin only. We're working towards the same goal. And we all want to make sure that Bitcoin gets adopted. I think the toxic people are good for protecting the core Bitcoin. The people that don't want to be toxic, you don't have to be toxic. No one's no one's saying you have to be an asshole, right? And you shouldn't really be an asshole to new people. But those people are great, the non-toxic people, because they help with the adoption on the front lines, right? And then you have the the you know the toxic maximalist, quote unquote, kind of protecting more the core of Bitcoin at the center. And I think everyone's really working towards a Bitcoin only future. I think, by the way, at the Bitcoin Magazine conference on the second day, you can see at the toward the end of the day there was a uh, there was talk about this toxicity, and there was definitely a split. You had like the Eric Voorhees, he, he wasn't into no toxicity, and, and then the, but then there was a group of people that were. So I mean, hey, it's great that there's factionalism in Bitcoin. It shows that uh, you know there, there's there's different approaches, and people can go about it uh, different ways. Uh, a real movement, not everyone is the same. And this is definitely a real movement. Anders, your thoughts on all this? Uh, what I'll, 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 I'll try and, and say just a few things. First, first one is Bitcoin doesn't care at yeah. all what the four of us thinks, what you know, your viewers are, are saying. Whoa. Can everybody hear Anders? Anders, you, you muted yourself. You muted yourself. Okay. There you go. So, okay. I, I don't know how much you could hear, but what I'll say is Bitcoin doesn't care about uh, this topic at all. Bitcoin will succeed. Uh, if you ask me if I believe that uh, the founders of Ethereum are lying to enrich themselves. Yes, I believe so. Uh, is that scammy? I think it is. Um, and it, Personally, I'm toxic towards um, uh, anything that wants to uh, delay the adoption of global sound money because I believe that will be very good for humanity. Um, 
it's it's what brought me to Bitcoin in the, in the first place that we get a better money. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I think that's it. But, you know, it's um, yeah. Bitcoin doesn't care uh, if Ethereum. Yeah. Ethereum founders, I believe, are lying. I don't like that. And, uh, you know, who cares? We're going to get to 50 million either way. You know, they're, they're just over there in the corner. Unfortunately, the scamming and we're trying to we're calling it out because um, we believe it's um, uh, it's not good for new people coming in that may you know end up losing their savings. They haven't solved the scalability problem like uh, Dennis was. No, sorry, Bran, uh, you, you were explaining um how the guy in charge of that and i remember this discussion about ethereum trying to solve the scaling problems been going on for like four years and you know they're talking about proof of stake and as you just said they don't know how to do it and and imagine if it goes wrong the whole project collapses i would never have you know try and store value in something so dangerous in my opinion you know uh but anyways bitcoin don't care um it also doesn't care about what i think about ethereum founders and, and their intentions to enrich themselves all right we're going to move on from the toxicity here johnny midas said 20 bucks he says new show donor dude we're we're getting real close dude thank you johnny mice you and people if you don't want to do it through uh you don't want to do it through uh youtube you just go through paypal Adam at trezorhelp.com. You can also email me at adam at trezorhelp.com. All right. So we're talking about newbies onboarding Ethereum, this NFT thing. I've, I've referred to it a few times. I've done some more research into it. Uh, thanks to one, uh, a lot. Thanks. One Galt has reminded me that the first NFTs were really built on uh, Bitcoin back with uh, in 2016 uh, with uh, rare Pepe's and it, all you old school people. We'll get Juan to, to come back to talk about Bitcoin NFTs uh, soon enough. But uh, during my investigation of this NFT situation, my, my mind has been changed a bit. I, I thought it would be good for baseball cards. I still think it is. But I do see it not going away. I, I, I don't think we've even reached, uh, we have not reached peak NFT at all. I think it's going to bring in a lot of regular people into the space, people who would not have found out about Bitcoin otherwise. Um, if they buy Bitcoin, I don't know. They're going to probably end up with Ethereum, though. So, I mean, I keep bringing this up. Um, so, I, I want to hear your guys' takes on NFTs. If you care at all, if you're going to ignore it, or if it's if it's an elephant in the room type of situation, um, or if they're positives, negatives. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Brand of, of Bitcoin Magazine, which uh, totally has nothing to do with NFTs, really. But I mean, I'm sure you got an opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, we played around with them at the company. You know, we have a, a golden whale pass that we sell for the conference that's a NFT built on liquid. Um, it's it's cool, man. I mean, look, it's, it's not Bitcoin. It's uh, uh, totally something different. And uh, uh, I think that there can be totally something different that exists in the world whose value are measured in, 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 in Bitcoin. And so uh, I think that, you know, these NFTs are going to have some sort of place. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, it's hard to say exactly what that place is. I hear the, the, you know, broad visions of this metaverse where your NFT can become your identity kind of thing. And, you know, uh, it sounds like we're a long ways away from that ever happening. 
but uh, I also can can see understand the picture that they're you know envisioning when they're talking about it. So, you know, uh, I don't really buy NFTs. Uh, I, I bought like one or two here or there, like uh, one of the racing horses, uh, uh, Zed Run, I think it was called. And uh, I've, I've sent him on the track a couple times. Didn't win anything, so you know, probably gonna have to put that that one down. But uh, uh, you know, other than that, just haven't haven't really you know had to to dig too much into it, but. Am watching it curiously uh, as just like a totally different from Bitcoin phenomenon that's going on, um, and and it is interesting. I mean, you know, I don't I don't have too much to add. I, I you you bring up something that I was I, I forgot to bring up. These NFTs for all you people in the Bitcoin Inquisition or whatever, they're not money. So it's a totally different thing that's built around cryptocurrency. It isn't money. So Bitcoin people shouldn't feel threatened and you should never feel threatened as a, as a Bitcoin person. But I, I do, I do want to put that simple uh, disclaimer out there. The NFTs aren't trying to be money. Um, they're not, it's, it's a completely, it's a new way of thinking. It's, it's digital. It's, uh, I, it's like it's digital not, identity. Yeah. I'm very, it's a lot of things. Digital. It's we're living in this digital world um, where people believe these digital stories and, and they're like, yes, this, this NFT represents this painting. I mean, it, it's 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 part of a store. I mean, you have to believe in something. So it's 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 um it, it's a little bit different than, than Bitcoin, which just is. There's no belief there. There's no trust. I mean, there's some trust in, in involved on the NFT thing. Uh, interesting, you bring up horse racing and, and crypto, though. There was a horse named Crypto Clearance. I believe he ran in the 1987 uh, Kentucky Derby when uh. Alashiba won and Bet Twice came in second. Somebody check out on that one. Anyway, do you guys, uh, Dennis, anything to say about NFTs? I think the market is definitely overhyped on NFTs, but at the same time, the technology itself will uh, probably have some sort of utility in the sense that you know you can timestamp something on a blockchain, but you don't necessarily need a token for that. But it, but it this could be the the thing that's used for creating timestamps for proving provenance on a, on a time chain or on a uh, blockchain. Well, time chain, same thing. Right. Uh, so I think that in general, like what's going on with the collectibles out there in the market is, I mean, obviously you can tell when you're buying $70 million JPEGs that things are getting a little out of control, but at the same time, you know, I don't think these things are going to go away. I think that some, to some extent they could have some sort of use case. I just don't think people are going to be using them the way that they think they're going to be using them. And, uh, you know, cause a lot of this stuff can be done on a blockchain without a token, uh, as far as giving something a timestamp in a transaction in a block. So it, it's kind of TBD for me. I've been a strong, uh, someone to strongly push back I, at the same time. I love that artists ha have this opportunity to kind of make money in the short term. It's great for them. They've, they've not had many opportunities to get their name out there. So it's a great way for people to market themselves currently. And I think that you know, people are going to keep using them and the market will hype and then the market will go down and we'll kind of see when the dust settles, which of these things actually are truly collectibles. Cause you know, I, I do collectibles. I have a small, very small understanding of how that works and not everything that you buy becomes a collectible. Like you're kind of taking this, this chance, this bet that things will hold value. So for instance, rare Pepe's, I mean, so historical, right? Like those torque, those sites of things will probably hold value. Maybe some of these really extremely rare original pieces will hold value, but uh, I, I don't have hopes, high hopes for the rest of the market. 
Now there, there are, I love the concept of property rights. And today in America, there's so many people that are just throwing property rights out the window. They're like, oh, no, I'll just take from you. You don't own anything. Okay. Rule of law and government it traditionally enforces uh, property rights. And the, the, the better they do it, the, the more legit the government is the United States, for example. Um, but so to prove you own something with NFTs would re- require that the government say this is true this nft shows that you really own this so for right now it's just it's just trust saying yeah okay you own the nft so yeah you really kind of own the painting uh the digital painting sort of um and i do i just want to go to a quote from bitcoin magazine from dylan leclerc and sam rule that says for the first time bitcoin offers humanity the ultimate expression of private property rights Due to the network's decentralized nature, Bitcoin offers us a property option that does not rely on a local authority or legal system to protect it. Okay, so I just wanted to give that contrast to when we start talking about property rights and NFTs to like with Bitcoin, it is the ultimate in property rights. You don't need a country to say you own that Bitcoin. You own that darn Bitcoin. With the NFT, it's it's up in the air a little bit there. So, uh Anders, your thoughts on NFTs? Um, so I, I think uh, there's something that needs to be cleared about uh, NFTs because a lot of people think that an NFT means uh, the ownership of a digital picture like a JPEG or a GIF or something. Uh, NFTs are actually are a lot more than that, you know, non-fungible token. It's, 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 it's a completely different um, what I recommend is Preston Pish interviewed uh, Adam Back and Samson Mao, who are both for Blockstream. I mean, Adam Back, obviously, I think most people know. Uh, but um, uh, and and they touch upon it. So uh, I I believe that you know if it's if it's about digital ownership of a picture that anyone can just copy paste on their screen, that make no sense and that has no place. And and that I consider pretty you know, lame and not very intelligent. Um, but some of the most toxic Bitcoiners uh, back in um, about four years ago convinced me that uh, there is a place for, uh, you know, colored Bitcoins. And I'm talking about uh, JW Weatherman and Giacomo Succo, some of the really smartest people and, um, and, and, and toxic people in this space. And, and uh, colored uh Bitcoin, I would never touch anything that was an Ethereum, but there is a use case for that. Um, and, and people can evaluate for themselves. Uh, but if you look at something like the decentralized um, exchange called uh, BISC, um, you know, it, go, go, I, instead of me going into a lot of it now, <laughs> Is, uh, you know, we did some interviews with those guys, uh, uh, the founder, amongst others, uh, JW and I, of, um, of BIS back like four years ago. And um, I came in with the attitude like, uh, it's a scam. Like, why are you not using Bitcoin? But there is, um, you know, mo- some of the most intelligent and toxic Bitcoiners convinced me that, look, this is not trying to be money. It's something else. And we're not talking about digital pictures. That, I think, is absolutely um nonsense but personally everything that i have is is just bitcoin it's really the only asset i have i don't have a uh, i don't have real estate i don't have a car i don't have a bike i walk even though it's los angeles because i want to maximize my bitcoin i don't have anything else 
Um, but uh, let's just be clear that NFT is is there's different as there's different things, and um, and and there are some that actually have a use case in my opinion. I don't own any. I'm not pumping any. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, this is where I guess. Uh, Bitcoin Twitter can quickly turn into what I call the Bitcoin Twitter lynch mob, where you don't necessarily just, you know, check it out. And, and uh, you know, Giacomo Suku and, and JW Weatherman, I think people know them as, you know, pretty smart and, and toxic. They convinced me because I came in with the same attitude like everyone else. So, you know, people maybe should do a little research on that. Personally, I don't own any. I'm not planning to, but I'm just I'm just saying there is a use case there. Yeah, you call it the Bitcoin lynch mob. I call it the Bitcoin Inquisition. Yeah, sometimes a Bitcoiner will bring up, well, this, this NFT thing seems interesting and they'll get attacked uh, brutally or whatever. But hey, keep on, dudes, create. This is not about destruction. Keep on creating. I like that. Pe- I'm not experimenting. The NFT thing, let people experiment with it. I think it's 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 interesting. I don't think they're going away. I just I just want to put that out there right now. I think it's, it's going to be big and it's going to bring... Uh, all sorts of people to this space that we never really dreamed about. And uh, let, let, I, I'm again, it's a, create your own pie. Again, you know, this is not a, a zero sum game. Uh, keep on doing it, people. All right. Now, uh, I want to get real, real quick. We're going to get out of here soon, but I got to bring up the governments of the world. Here's a tweet from Eric Voorhees. It's cute that the uh, mainstream media parrots China's propaganda. The ban is to cut down on money laundering rather than the truth, which is obvious to anyone paying attention. The ban is to reduce market competition with China's uh, central bank uh, digital currency, which is uh, clear, you know, and China's central bank digital currency is to gain total financial control, a total everything control over their people. So, of course, they don't want Bitcoin around, okay? Now, thinking about how countries try to gain financial control over their people, China isn't hiding how they're trying to do it. They won't. They, they love their social credit system and a CBDC, central bank digital currency, will fit in perfectly. Here in the United States, they're starting to talk about a central uh, bank digital currency. But at the same time, we got people talking about, uh, and uh, we'll start with Bram on this, uh, that, all, that maybe they're going to throw into this stimulus package, which has nothing to do with stimulus, a requirement that all banks uh, report the $600 transactions of people to the IRS. I mean, this is just like China. <laughs> so, uh, Brand, expand upon that for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll jump back to and, and talk a little bit about China uh, because it's something that uh, my buddy David David Zell and I talk a lot about. And, you know, you have this kind of uh, uh, interesting point in time where where China can actually really start to challenge the US dollar for global reserve currency status. And, uh, you know, we you have uh, weaponized the US dollar, weaponized this, the SWIFT system enough to kind of uh, kick some countries off of the, the US dollar standard, who now can form kind of a new alliance and, and you know, monetary system with China. And that's the one that's, you know, working to challenge the US right now. Um, I think that there is actually a game theoretical advantage to the U.S. making sure that Bitcoin and not the uh, Chinese yuan replaces the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. Um, And so for that perspective, I don't anticipate at the highest level there ever being a true ban on Bitcoin in the U.S. 
I think that we see like Bitcoin almost as our greatest weapon against China. Um, so with that being said, uh, talking specifically about this, this financial, uh, you know, intrusion of $600 or, or more being reported to the IRS, um, like first and foremost, this is not feasible in a cash-based society. This is something where they are seeing new technology come out and the opportunity to utilize that in order to further control the populace. So from that point alone, you know, I see this as a very dystopian uh, uh, step by the U.S. government. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't think it's legal. Uh, I think that, you know, you see the original kind of uh, $10,000 limit and the, the constitutional conversation that happened with that, where they basically said, you know, this will hardly uh, uh, infringe on the, the Fourth Amendment. Uh, and therefore, you know, we can kind of make this uh, uh, exception. Whereas, you know, like the, the 10,000 limit was an exception. Now this becomes the rule. And so from that perspective, I think there will be a, a challenge of this in the Supreme Court. Uh, I hope this will be a, a challenge in the Supreme Court. And, and we will see this actually get overturned and uh, uh, some of our some of our rights kind of be defended for once. So that's an optimistic take. Uh, yeah, of course, it's not legal, but they're every they, 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 the pre, I'm not going to get into it. It seems like the government, if they can get away with it, they try it. There's a lot of things they try to get. They, they put out there. It's not legal anymore. And I, I just to throw this into a, a, another bill that has nothing to do with it is completely ridiculous. Um, but I, I'm I, more people got to speak up about this. I mean, it's 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 insane that six six hundred dollars is such a legal. Anyone that gets paid is basically going to get reported to the I. Anyone that has an income, uh, a regular uh, weekly income, is going to get reported to the IRS now. I mean, you got to assume that the IRS is checking all sorts of people. Uh, behind the scenes through banks anyway. I mean, speaking about illegality. Uh, Dennis, thoughts on China, IRS, $600, central bank digital currencies? Yeah, I absolutely agree with what Brand is saying about the United States kind of adopting Bitcoin as a way to protect themselves from China becoming the the global reserve currency. I think that is kind of an inevitable path that we are on and it's becoming something of a national security issue. So I really hope that we are able to establish Bitcoin in the USA. I work pretty actively alongside many others in the space. Um, obviously, he mentioned David Zell, who's an incredibly smart dude over at Bitcoin Magazine, who is pushing um, their, their political agenda forward. And there's plenty of other companies in the space who are really actively getting into hiring policy advisors, uh, even even Square Crypto is talking actively about what they can do to push back. You've got obviously Bitcoin Magazine, you've got all the mining organizations, and then you already have all the established lobbyist organizations that are kind of more, uh, I would say crypto related, but there are many more that are just Bitcoin focused that are coming out because what happened was this amendment and this stuff got slipped into this bill and we had no idea it was coming. And the thought has always been, well, maybe we should like kind of stay back away from politics. Like we're, we're, we're outside of politics, right? We're outside of the government, right? That's kind of how Bitcoin operates. But at the same time, like we are human bodies and we, <laughs> we live inside of these, uh, you know, these borders that these governments con still control. Maybe one day, and you know, this is kind of the dream of all Bitcoiners that government is drastically diminished. For some, they want government to be gone completely, which I completely understand, but we still live in this world. And so that's why we have become very active myself and many over at Bitcoin Magazine, 
uh, and many other organizations, many other very long, like hardened Bitcoiners you wouldn't believe would get into politics are jumping into this arena because it's important that we try to defend Bitcoin in the USA, right? We want Bitcoin to be the USA to be the best place to buy, sell, trade, earn, mine Bitcoin. Uh, so we got to push back against this stuff. We got to push back against the $600 thing. That's totally insane. $600 is nothing. Uh, the $10,000 was a problem. It has become more of a problem as time has gone on because the $10,000 limit when it was enacted was like $60,000 of today's money. So it's already a pretty big push on people's privacy. And I just think that the government is going to continue to push this direction unless we decide to push back. So that's why I'm jumping in the political scene trying to make something happen here because if we don't stay active, get active, we're going to end up like just like China, super dystopian future ahead of us. I want to be more like El Salvador and adopt Bitcoin and make it a part of our policy. All right. If, if, uh, can I just jump in real quick and add one thing? Uh, yes. uh, not to not to take over this conversation, but like uh, uh, piggybacking on what Dennis said, you know, we were caught flat-footed. Let's just be honest. Uh, this thing came out. We all thought that we were kind of untouchable as an industry. I thought that. Uh, and then, you know, they, they just slipped something into the infrastructure bill that became a systematic risk to the entire industry. And they promised that, they, you know, it was basically putting a loaded gun to your head and then saying, we promise we're not going to pull the trigger uh, is, is how they introduced this bill, which is just absolutely absurd. And, and, you know, I have become more politically involved now because it's become clear that the Bitcoiners are the last people in the room who are willing to, to stand up for basic human dignity and rights. And so from that perspective, like, you know, there's there's actually a bit of a torch that we're here to, to carry. Uh, and that is like the Enlightenment ideals of the 1700s that have been lost because of a, a world pandemic that all of a sudden, you know, we're all willing to just sacrifice our entire ways of life in order to, you know, uh, uh, protect against something that has, you know, uh, an arguable amount of effect on people broadly. And, you know, we don't have to get into that, but you know, it's time to come back and talk about like why we're here, what humanity even means and like what are the values that we hold that are self-evident. Right. And so Bitcoiners are going to come burst on the scene and and I think just take over the political discourse in the country. Uh, and I'm really bullish on it. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. Extremely bullish on it, man. I'm really excited about that. You uh, that you kind of are jumping in as well. And I, I couldn't, I, I, there's things coming. There's so much coming that people don't even know about that people, good Bitcoiners, good hardcore Bitcoiners that have been in the industry for a very long time from the very beginning have been here, are jumping in, starting these organizations, to getting behind candidates that are pro Bitcoin, like Erica Rhodes, uh, pushing for more lobbyists, lobbyists going to that are that are Bitcoiners, right? These are and these are people that are going to do it for the right reasons. These are not we're not hiring outside firms. We are going as Bitcoiners to DC to defend Bitcoin. And yeah, Bitcoin will survive without America. It doesn't need America. It doesn't need any country, right? But at the same time, if you're an American, do you want to live in a country that bans Bitcoin? Personally, I do not. I made that calculation for myself and decided that instead of sitting on my hands and waiting to have to flee to another country, I'm going to stand up and fight and push back against the political establishment in this country. Wow. The show is taking a political turn here. Uh, Anders, your thoughts. Um, yeah, it's as Dennis said, I mean, both Dennis and, and uh, Brent brought up some really good points. Uh, um, Bitcoin doesn't care about uh, politics in the United States, but fighting back against it is is something you got to do for the love of your country because it's it's only going to hurt uh, United States. Um, and, and let's remember that you know 
the founding fathers of this nation, Brand, you were talking about um, the 17th um, century, they were against central banks. I think people are not aware of it or they uh, they just forgot or whatever. But, you know, United States used to be an amazing place. But look at all the poverty and all this that has come along because of uh, evil central banking system, which once people dig into it a little bit, will understand is what is really hurting uh, the poor people and the middle class. Um, so, but I believe the politicians at the end of the day won't have a, have a, 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 a you know, a choice. And, and central banking, the Federal Reserve, does not have a, a, a future, in my opinion, uh, if you go out 10, 15 years. So luckily, this country, I believe, um, that I live in, I'm not a citizen, but um, it will be restored to its former beauty and glory of the, the principles, the the good old fashioned conservative and uh, solid freedom loving uh, property uh, rights respected um, uh, principles of, of the beginning of this nation. I, th I think honestly, when we come to the coming 30s, um, it will be the exact opposite of America in the 30s in the last uh, century where there was a Great Depression. It's going to be a revival of this nation. America is going to be a great place to have free speech. Um, for the middle class to, pro uh, to, to, to prosper, um, for uh, people being lifted out of poverty because the current system absolutely de-incentivizes uh, people going um, out and, and, and working. So I, I just, just want to say I'm very positive for the future of this country. Uh, Bitcoin don't care about the politicians, but yeah, you should care about what they do if you love your country. Um, and I just... I just have one quote here just to close it out so that I completely agree with everything that Anders is saying. It's like, Bitcoin doesn't care, but if you want to live, I want to live in a country that's, you know, in line with the future, not in the past. But this quote is from Thomas Jefferson. It says, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issuance of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around these banks will deprive the people of all of their property until the children wake up homeless on the continent that their fathers conquered. It's just, it's crazy that we've gone 245 years from that moment to where we are today. Like we could have prevented this all along. We knew this was coming and we've just allowed it to happen because we've allowed central bank policy to completely take over everything in this country. It's time for us to have a separation of money and state in this country, just like we did with the church and state, just like we did when we kicked the British out for uh, just what we did with taxation without representation, which is essentially what's going on right now. They're stealing from us. This bank, these aren't Americans. These are banksters. These are international corporations. They don't care about you and me. They've been ripping us off for decades. They've been stealing from the middle class. They've been destroying the industry. They've been destroying the jobs. And the reason is because they don't care about you. They only care about themselves. And it's time for us to give them the boot. Separation of money and state, separation of everything at freaking state. The state shouldn't have its hand and it just keeps getting its hand deeper into every aspect of our lives. Uh, separate, there shouldn't be a, a Department of Education, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah, Anders was talking about, you know, maybe people don't understand how uh, banks uh, work there or that the founding fathers didn't like banks or whatever. They don't know, but they don't have an education. They don't know who the founding fathers even were anymore. I mean, they... They know about the critical CRD, this, that, and the other. And Anders, you, you're saying that the, the 2030s are going to be great. Dude, let's bring it on now. Let the 2020s be great. They, they, golden age, baby. Let's, uh, let, I let, just, let's. 
I like to set the expectations so I'm 100% sure to deliver. I, I believe the end of this um, decade is, is also going to be phenomenal because it won't take that long, I think, before um, you know, uh, central banking will collapse and Bitcoin takes over in, instead of United States dollars. Um, but uh, again, like just as much as Dennis agreed to what I said, I agreed to everything Dennis just uh, said. And thank you for bringing in the historical um, uh, aspects and, and uh, Jefferson's, uh, the Jefferson quote. And also, I just want to, you know, if you go back a couple of centuries, um, I think it was Rothschild, the guy who was, uh, you know, basically, I think, creating the, uh, the, the central banking of France that, you know, made money by lend, lending out to the state so they could go to war. That was very profitable. And isn't it funny how uh, you remember, you know, the timeline of the First World War, uh, 1914 to 1919, I think roughly. Um, isn't it funny how one year before that started, magically, the United States created um, the Federal Reserve, also the same year that the IRS was created, so that it was already planned, it was ready, set to go. Let's create uh, the Fed so we can do more of this funding for war, so the arms industry can make money, so the private bankers that created the Fed on uh, Jekyll Island or whatever it was, uh, can make money. Um, it, it, that was all planned. That was um, that that 50 million people, whoever died in the World War, was absolutely in vain. It was just so there were some private bankers that could uh, make more fortunes. I think. I think that a, a way to explain it is that governments, uh, you know, in, in order to spend, uh, combine state and money. So the, the best way to do that is to have a central bank. And once they have a central bank uh, established, they can do whatever they want to. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, that's why the people died. Oh, well, I mean, if there were no central banks, you wouldn't be able to fund wars, basically. Yes, but exactly. Once, when you have central banks, they can fund anything. They, it, it's unlit. It's the money printers, and they're not going away. I mean, uh, opt in the war, is my suggestion. Sorry, yeah, sorry for interrupting, but war is very, very profitable for the arms industry and the politicians that uh, get money under the table for initiating the wars. I mean, weapons of mass destruction, there were, like it came out of, there were no weapons of mass destruction. I mean, come on, it's so obvious. Um, and they went to war based on that. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Come on, man. Anyways, sorry to interrupt you, Adam. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love being here. I'm glad you're bringing up the conclusionary remarks because we are at the end of the show now. And I want all three guests to you know promote themselves, to, to bring up anything that was forgotten uh, with me. By the way, I have a, I'm have on the light. I've got a moon wallet now. So if you want to do Lightning Network stuff with me, I've got my moon address linked to below. If you want to fund my Lightning wallet, I guess that'll help fund it uh, because the moon allows you to go back and forth between lightning and regular Bitcoin real easily. I'm playing around with that. So I, I got my toughness onto the lightning network stuff that people have been telling me to try out. Um, also, uh, I'm going to be interviewed soon by a few people. So I talk about, you know, I don't do shows as much as I used to, but if you want to interview me, I will be on your show. And as long as you give me a copy, um, I, th that's it. There's no, we don't have to raise money or anything. So I, those are so easy. Someone wants to interview me on my show. I don't care how big on their show, how big or small you are, set it up, make it real easy for me. Send me a copy of it. I'll be on your show. It'll be on my channel too. It'll be great. 
Um, I think that's that's what I'm doing. I don't have any other stories to share. Anders, any stories to share? You're going live after this. You've got a show to do. So talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I have uh, a little story to share because you asked me to prepare a, a story. And uh, uh, there's this uh, a little bit older El Salvadorian um, uh, lady uh, that I met yesterday. And I, I said, uh, oh, you like ask her where she's from. El Salvador's like, yeah, Naya Bukele. Uh, Bitcoin is like, wow, how do you know, you know, president in, in my little country? Um, and so I asked her, you know, how, and I told her, look, this is going to be so good for you guys. Crime is going to go down. Um, and, and you guys are going a prosperous future and, and they're doing terrible. It's like really a tough country with a lot of poverty, um, unemployment. And I, I, I like to think I gave her a little bit of, uh, hope and confirmation that things are going to go well. But what I'll say is, you know, nothing is uh, easy. And what she told me, and I think we got to look at both sides of the coin, is um, it, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of people in El Salvador that uh, don't understand it, that um, are not using it yet. That being said, we'll get around to that. They will end up understanding and getting into it. But I just want to, um, you know, highlight that, uh, you know, Things are not always, you know, black and white, and it's, you know, they gotta get, they gotta get used to it first. Um, and uh, so that's that's my one uh, story. Very hopeful for the future of El Salvador. Um, uh, and yes, Adam, um, uh, Poppy, and I are going uh, live on Twitter Spaces, um, approximately probably twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes from now. Um, because, and, and so Poppy has been telling me for two months, like, Anders, come on, spaces, spaces. And he's been like on spaces almost daily. And I had some issues with my phone. I kind of figured it out. Also, I'm getting a new phone. So it's, at least I can be part of it now. So what we're thinking to do, we like to keep both our YouTube show and, and Twitter as much as possible. We want to do the YouTube version of Toxic Happy Hour um, every uh, Monday. Uh, our timing will always be 11 a.m. PST, which is 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, it's on uh, my channel, which you can find on toxichappyhour.com. And then uh, as much as possible, Tuesday to Friday, we want to do uh, Twitter spaces. Uh, and I just want to say, Adam, thank you so much for having me on. I think it's been really great to be here today. Brand, Dennis, and you, like, I love this discussion. So many good takes and uh, things that I learned as well. So I just want to, you know, thank you and uh, for having me on. And uh, thanks, guys, uh, for for your input. It was really a pleasure to be on the panel with you. All right. Uh, let's let's have uh, Brand. Uh, what are your conclusionary uh, remarks? Yeah. So uh, uh, you know, I'll just weigh in real quick and say that I think some of the the biggest accomplishments of Western civilization was uh, number one when the Magna Carta was signed. That removed, you know the central point of truth from uh the king you know he could no longer dictate what truth was uh and then it, you know it created the decentralization of kind of europe uh and then you had the uh enlightenment era where we separated church and state and that took the state's ability to dictate what truth was from uh, uh its people and and combine that with you know religion I think Bitcoin is the next big uh, decentralized revolution. It removes money from state. Money is the communication of value and value is truth. So once again, we're removing 
that from the state's ability to control it. And we will see the, the greatest period of human flourishing in the history of civilization uh, emerge from Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm here. Um, if you want to uh, follow me, I'm BrandBTC on Twitter. Follow Bitcoin Magazine. Check us all out uh, uh, and hopefully see you next year at uh, Bitcoin 2022. Yeah. Yes. And we'll keep, we'll keep talking about it. Buy those tickets below, people. All right. Dennis, you, you got the final word, word here. Yeah, feeling fired up. Thank you again for bringing me on the show, Adam. Good to see you, Brandon and, and Anders. If you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter. Just search Dennis Porter. You'll find me. Uh, 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 or if you want to search my handle, it's Dennis underscore Porter underscore. Uh, my show is Smart People Shit. I also have a show called The Update. Smart People Shit, I do interviews. The Update's kind of like I talk about the news and chat about the memes and tweets. So if you want to know about that, uh, I do have a breakdown of the banana bread meme that everybody's talking about. So I was able to discover the source for you. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Uh, I have also recently had British Hoddle on, which is a huge, big episode that he did his $5 million price prediction. So if you want to feel bullish on, on price, go check out that video. And then I got my Preston Prish interview coming out as well. But yeah, I agree with what Bran is saying, man. It's like, we have this real unique opportunity. What a time to be alive where we get to push back and actually make a difference with Bitcoin and reclaim some of our rights I think this is going to be very much similar to you know when the printing press was made to the you know the Magna Carta like like Brian was talking about where we can really create a new world for ourselves, uh, not this build back better BS either. This is going to be a Renaissance 2.0. We're going to see incredible flourishings in the math, science, philosophy, culture. The world is going to change dramatically. I think that uh, I think people are really underestimating the impact that Bitcoin will have on the world. The money has become so corrupt in this country and everything is downstream of the corrupt money that we are using. And it's time that we get on to sound money again. And I think once we do that, we are going to see the world change in ways we've never possibly imagined. We're going to see incredible amounts of cooperation between people, individuals, the world as a whole. And I can't wait for the to be on the other side of hyper-Bitcoinization. All right. Now, Anders is going to do his Twitter space. I can't. I can't be on. I got stuff to do. I got, got, got the morning is just starting. Well, it's pretty early still here in Salt Lake City. But Dennis is invited to be on there, too, if you, yes. if you see that. Right. And Bran, so are you. Yes. I don't yes. know if you, I mean, I'm sure you guys are, who knows, but I, I should was, be able to draw. I should be able to drop in. Yeah, I can do that real quick. All right. So Let's yeah, do it. people keep, keep on watching. Uh, follow all three of them. Anders will tweet everything out. I'm sure Anders, you have something else to say about that. I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah Bran uh, and, and Dennis, Adam, sorry, you can't make it, but uh, uh, please uh, come and join us. I uh, would love to have you on. Best freaking guest in the space here today. Thank you so much, guys, for being responsible guests. And God, we, we went long today. I want to thank Gregor. He just uh, sent me some uh, uh, over PayPal. I usually say Shabbat Shalom now, because but it's not Friday. Uh, everyone have a good uh, Shabbat this Friday and Saturday. It's Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan today, the first day of the month of Cheshvan. So everyone have a, uh, a, a, a Rosh Chodesh Sameach. <laughs> there's different different languages there's different letters <sighs> is a good one in the hebrew <laughs> um anyway everybody i'm adam meister bitcoin meister disrupt meister pound that like button and uh we raised a, a good amount of money today we're getting close i think we're like uh like a, 40 bucks away from another show keep on the keep on doing it people we'll be back next week for of course the uh another maybe it'll be a 
maybe there'll be a this week in Bitcoin version of uh, with with many guests. Um, it depends on the feedback that I get. But no matter what, it's going to be super spreading. Bitcoin 2022 will be back sometimes next week. One guest, three guests, who knows? Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. See ya. Uh, and click that. And hang